a week we pick a random subreddit and talk about that subject for about an hour. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff Kowalski. I'm Louisa Heron, and I have uh, further questions about this movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, before we started the show, we were talking about the new huge act man um, uh, vehicle, uh, musical <laughs> Oh film. man, you, you, that joke that you were making was so good that it knocked you off of your balance for a second there. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, uh, oh shit, oh no, uh. Huge Jackman, that's his name, because <laughs> he's very muscly. Uh, no, this is the first movie he's been in, uh, since stopping being Wolverine, uh, and also it's the first movie where he looks like the actual age he is in real life. Um, I thought he looked like it in that Logan trailer. Yeah, a little bit, but they definitely had to old him up for Logan. Which is weird, because I think what they did was they put makeup on him to make him not look so old, and then olded him up afterwards <laughs> to make Logan, and that's a crazy thing that I think really happened. The weird, th- the weird thing about this P.T. Barnum thing is I looked, and P.T. Barnum didn't start circus business until he was 61 years old. Uh, In the movie, he gets married and then is like, I have this great idea. And it seems like just a few years. Uh, He got married when he was 19 and didn't start the circus (laughs) until he was 61. (laughs) What? Uh, What? (laughs) Yes! So Um, you don't see any of that 40 years of his life at all? (laughs) Nope. Uh, I mean, I guess you do in montage. This is why they weren't allowed to use officially licensed stuff, because it's Mm -hmm. so fictionalized. They had to be like, oh no, it's uh, P.T. Barnman and uh, Daly's Circus, and they met some Bingling brothers. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they don't even, like, make a sly reference. Like, at the end of the movie, he's, uh, the, like, climax of the film is when the circus burned down in 1868. Um, they never tell you in the movie what year it takes place because they don't want you to be like, oh, this part of the story takes place when slavery was still legal in the United States. That was one Uh, of my questions. Uh, You mentioned the time span of the movie was the 1850s through the 1880s, which completely encompasses the American Civil War. Is that mentioned at all? Nope. (laughs) They go and visit (laughs) Queen Victoria of England, and I was like... I could have. I thought P.T. Barnum's story was like early 1900s. She was dead, but no. I looked it up, and it was in fact the Victorian era. And like, they don't mention Abe Lincoln or any of that. That's strange. Yeah, you'd think that that would come up. I guess, like, <laughs> even if someone because... was like, "Oh, I had to leave town and join the circus because you know the war." <laughs> The central plot of the movie is Zac Efron, who plays a fictional character, uh, falling in love with Zendaya, who also plays a fictional character. She's one of the Ringling Brothers. Yes, she's one of the Ringling Brothers. She's a trapeze artist who's black, and everyone's like, you can't 
kiss a black person. It's the 1800s. And then at the end, uh, Zac Efron calls up his brother and he's like, hey, you know that new uh, circus you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. And then it turns out his brother is named Ringling and then they're the Ringling brothers. It turns out his brother's been dead the whole time that he was making a boat. (laughs) Wasn't that the movie he was in? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) What? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Zac Efron. Somebody's something, Charlie's somebody. Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's okay, it. sure. You. And the war was the Civil War. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, it's all tied up. <laughs> anyway, my point is, they're standing in the rubble of the circus after it burned down at the very end of the movie, and I could have sworn a guy was going to come up and be like, hello, I'm whoever Bailey, and I'm here to fund your circus, and <laughs> cut to credits, and they didn't. He was just like, I'm just going to rent some uh, land over near the docks, and we'll build a tent, and then it goes into the big final number. So I went to the site of the largest circus fire in American history uh, a couple months ago when I was up in Connecticut. And um, it's like, there's like a very nice, tasteful monument with stones marking the edge of where the circus tent was and everything. It's it's in a playground of a school, though. (laughs) And... That seems like a real bummer for those kids every day to go and look at, like, oh, here's where the elephants burned to death. It says that on a plaque in the playground. Yeah. Well, we, um, uh, we used, when we used to go to the movies in New Brunswick, there was a grave, uh, about yeah. six feet above the parking lot because there just happened to be a person buried there, and then later they, like, built a movie theater around it. Um, I kind of like that sort of those sort of weird macabre uh, hangovers. Like, oh, really uh, wanted... someone bought this land forever, seventy years ago. Now it just has to be there, even if we build other stuff. I think I if really you introduce that know... stuff to kids before they understand it, then they just fully accept it. I really want to know what kind of fucking ironclad contract that dude with the gravestone had, though, that the people who are <clears throat> building the movie theater could be like. We'll just throw money at this until we don't have to deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> it's a woman, isn't it? It might be. I don't know. I, as far as I know, she was the landowner. Yeah, but it is weird that they couldn't like get a contract where they're like, and we're moving her somewhere else. Yeah, or just like eminent domain or whatever. I mean, the fact that this huge movie conglomerate, which we won't name so we don't get sued. Also, I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> AMC Lowe's. Thank you. Um, <laughs> now we can get sued. Sue me, please. <laughs> Well, this podcast would be so famous if the movie theater sued us. Oh, man, we could do that. We could start making targeted podcasts at people we hope will sue us so we can get famous. I heard the president of AMC Movie Theaters once threw a baby in a river. Yeah, I saw uh, one time he ate an entire cormorant. Mm-hmm. I've seen political cartoons about Alice, and he was wearing a big sash. Yep, yep the sash said uh, oil. Yes. <laughs> Just oil. Yep. Oh, you got rich on baby oil, and you get that from making it out of babies. Pressed yep. babies. Pressed babies. <laughs> Gross. Mm. You don't even want to know where you get extra virgin olive oil from. Gross. <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to online, Louisa? I've been playing Animal Crossing some more. So, listen, Animal Crossing is super great. Is and there's it? this new holiday update. And uh, I am running out of time because a lot of stuff ends December 25th that you can get. And I don't have it all yet. Guys, it's stressing me out. You need to spend thousands of dollars. (laughs) I don't want to do that. I want to get around that somehow. I need to figure out a system. 
The thing I like about the traditional Animal Crossing games, and the reason why they had have any longevity at all, is if you play them for about three months, uh, you get to see everything. But there's, like, events that happen in everyone's game all at the same time. And so mm-hmm. if you're playing it, and all your friends are playing it, you will, like, have the Starry Night uh, week or whatever all at the same time in the game. And that is nice, and I'm glad that something similar is happening with the mobile version, but I'm not glad that it's a way to make you buy loot boxes. <laughs> I'm confused by what you're saying. Are you talking about New Leaf or Wild World? All of them. Because in New Leaf, the time uh, of the year is, like, actually to the times of the year. So it's winter, yeah. and then it's spring. Like, you you would have to play a whole year to see all the things. Oh, yeah, they might have changed that from Wild World. But okay. I know um, you could get, uh, like, yeah, that must be different than if... Because hmm. there are only, like, certain for... <laughs> fish at certain times of the year, so as soon yeah. as it's winter, you're like, oh, goddamn, uh, I have to go and catch I'm dying. <laughs> you guys need to stop fucking talking about the minutiae of this stupid-ass game. No, I thought great. it was a it's month per season in Who New gives Leaf. a shit? No one cares! No, it's no a year cares. per year. That's why that I was sucks. always resetting my system clock. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're a cheater. You cheated. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah. I'm enjoying anyway. it very much, and I have a full Santa suit and everything I need in my little campsite, uh, except a snowman. So we'll see if I can get that snowman before Christmas. Well, that's all the I've important, been doing. The important thing is that they're adding more stress to your holiday season, which is really what games are supposed to do, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think so. Matt, what I... did you do online? Oh, okay. We're just moving on from that. I, I mean, you, you, just, you, you don't want to talk just about said it. You didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, listen, guys. I'm happy to discuss the game that Louise is playing and how it's affecting her life. What I don't want to discuss in detail is the mechanics of a 19 year old Game Boy game. You <laughs> fucking asshole! It's not a Game Boy game. It's not GameCube. Old. All of this is incorrect. <laughs> don't listen to Matt. <laughs> GameCube, uh, and it's from 17 years ago. I'll tell well, you what is nice about know. this game though is uh your little traveling uh, friend animals are always showing up at you know every three hours or so they move around and mm. new ones come and old ones uh, take a vacation somewhere else die <laughs> could be they get they but move up they move up to the country where they can run and play with all the other animals they ask for certain things that you can collect and you can give it to them and then they give you little rewards and it's really nice in the holiday season to just have little tasks you can easily do and check things off a checklist so yeah hmm. i mean i do that with my christmas shopping i just write oh that God. list and then do my checklists Ugh. of like get a gift for people. What's wrong with that? That seems like it's the same thing, but also productive. Oh, God. That's like me saying, you know, I really enjoy watching a nice TV show in the evenings, and you being like, well, I really enjoy praying to God at church. So you see how I'm better. I'm doing something better than you. <laughs> yeah, Matt's religion, Matt's religion is uh, obsessive-compulsive task completion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. However, I would say uh, that if you watch TV and I prayed to God, we would probably be achieving about the same amount of uh, <laughs> things. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> so. so um, I've yeah. always found it weird that you have to ask God for help, even though he can see that you're suffering because he knows all things. And you have to use the right words. Like, you can't say use prayer. You have to say use prayer on broken leg or something like that. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. you'll, listen, you'll just get an error message. God was programmed a really long time ago, and they just didn't have the same programming language that they do now. 
Yeah, Sudo fix uh, poverty. (laughs) I love the idea of God being powered by a Zork interface, actually. (laughs) Now that we think about it, that would be amazing. And if you pray for the wrong thing, then there's like a mysterious rain of fish or something. (laughs) There's some kind of weird glitch. And drink, uh, drink wine. Oh, damn it. I meant transubstantiate wine. Crap. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, if you evangelical Christians are grues, I guess. I'm trying to tie in more direct Zork references. Yeah, the only good. thing I know about Zork is uh, it's a text-based game that no one likes. It's great. <laughs> Uh, yes, there's grooves in it, and it forms, uh, one of the central action sequences in the much-hated novel Ready Player One. Does it really? it's not really Zork's fault. A person, uh, the the main character has to play Zork, but, like, in a virtual reality space instead of text. Isn't that the plot of, um, uh, uh, what is that Ender's Game? Ender's what? Game has that in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ender's Game and Ready Player One are very similar, except Ender's Game is uh, beloved and has things to say about war, and Ready Player One is about how great the 80s were. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a very long sequence in Ender's Game where he has to play an adventure game that involves murdering a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if Warner Brothers has been able to license uh, Zork and also Dungeons and Dragons, because uh, the first, like, of the tasks he has to do is to go through the Tomb of Horrors, and then the second task is to go through Zork. And, like, without those specific licensed properties, it's going to seem much cheesier than it already did as a book when it's in the movies. I've heard I've heard Ready Player One talked about, and yet every time I hear anything about it, I'm like, that can't be real. That can't be what that's really <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I, I enjoyed reading the book, um, because it has a compelling mystery, but it is so much problems. It's like all problems. It treats women badly, uh, it... It has no idea how young people talk even today, and it's supposed to take place in the future, where they would be definitely not nearly as homophobic as they are in the book. Mm. Well, are, these are young people playing video games, because they're those are pretty <laughs> homophobic. Everyone in the world lives in like this virtual reality because poverty destroyed the world. Um, yep. Well, sorry, everyone came under poverty because capitalism destroyed the world. Um, and so the virtual reality is like better than real life, and Will Wheaton is the president of it. Um, it's very stupid. Wait, wait, hang on. Are you trying to tell me that Will Wheaton has a cameo in this novel? <laughs> uh, it was very strange because I listened to it through Audible wherein he reads the novel um, and the uh, presidents of the virtual world, because it has to have a political structure, are Will Wheaton and Cory Doctorow. I don't know who that other person is. Uh, he's some kind of blogger that people, uh, for some reason, enjoy. Okay. So the idea is that people who have mildly annoying but popular Twitter accounts somehow become the leaders of the future? Yes. Uh, I don't think we hear anything about real-world politics, but we do know is Will it... Wheaton is president of video games. Now, hold on. The thing Matt just said, is that not how real-world politics has shaped <laughs> <laughs> out? Oh my god. (laughs) Pretty good. I I hate that I have to now accept the fact that Ready Player One was perhaps a prescient novel. (laughs) (laughs) Because like 
I liked it, and I'm going to go see the movie, but I know that it's bad. I know that it's really stupid and bad. Yeah, it sounds very, uh, (laughs) like, the kind of thing that somebody (laughs) explains the plot of while high, and then when they're not high anymore, they try to write it down, and somebody's like, this is not good, but they did it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, this isn't a podcast about Ready Player One. What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about what you were doing on the internet this week, Jeff. Oh, I know that I know that we weren't, but I'll talk about it. Um, Louisa talked about but purchasing things via in-store pickup, and I just did that recently. Uh, Wait, thanks to Jeff, the... Jeff, you cannot reference Yay! things that we yes, said you can. it's before great. we even started recording. That is not thing. okay. It's the best Wait, thing that I, I could have sworn that it uh, was it not something that we talked about when we were recording mm-hmm. and on the show. No, it was something ah, we talked damn. about before we even started recording, which then we started talking <laughs> about uh, the Barnum and Bailey movie. Ah, my bad. Uh, anyway, uh, I follow a Twitter account called Wario64 that I would think would be a joke account, but actually it just tweets out like good deals on video games or like price glitches on Amazon. Um, and the deal they tweeted out this time was you can get the Disney Infinity 3.0 starter set for $3. Uh, we talked last week about three three things that are all tied into this. One, Star Wars collectibles. Uh, two, um, Amiibos. And three, uh, Matt, your desire to collect defunct card games. Yes. <laughs> uh, Disney Infinity is... Star Wars Amiibos uh, that are discontinued, (laughs) um, which is why it's really cheap. So I was able to get this normally $80 starter pack for $3 that came with a video game and then little toys of Rey and Finn. No, sorry, Rey and Finn were a separate thing that I got for a dollar. It comes with little toys of Anakin and his uh, Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano. You know, uh, uh, Anakin and his Jedi Padawan is probably my favorite extended universe novel. Yeah, well, this is... That would be a funnier joke if it was not actually part of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, but damn it, it is. Damn it, damn it, damn uh, it. Yeah. Like ti- it sounds like the title of a children's book that just has pictures and no words. <laughs> it, it, it might be, because uh, yeah, Ahsoka only... <laughs> she only appears in the Clone Wars cartoon, which was very for children. Um, and then I also bought Darth Vader for a dollar. So uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Go Anakin on. had a Anakin had a Padawan. Yeah, in Episode Two, he is uh, part of his frustration is he's named Jedi Master but not given a seat on the Council. Mace Windu says this to him, and he's very mad. Wait, uh, what does that have to do with the Padawan? When you're a Jedi Master, you can take on a Padawan, which is basically your Jedi apprentice. And he's not allowed to do that. He was not allowed to do that before. Uh, okay. But during the Clone Wars, he because they need more Jedi Masters, he's uh, uh, promoted to the rank of Master, so he can take a Padawan. Okay. Um, and seems like seems like a bad idea. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> like especially because maybe ten minutes before this happened, we definitely saw him slaughter an entire village of uh, the unfortunately named Sand People. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, I wonder. I guess he's he's a pretty good uh, teacher, though, right? He teaches Luke how to use the dark side later. 
I mean, sort of. He's just like, hey, could you get really pissed off and kill the Emperor or whatever? Yeah, but he does that thing that good teachers do where they let you discover this, the answer instead of <laughs> yeah. just telling you the answer. And exactly. And Search... later, they're like, mm-hmm, yep, wax on, wax off. And I was right the whole time. <laughs> Search mm-hmm. your feelings. You know it to be true. He does. He's like, Luke, the answers are worrying you all along. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know anything about this Padawan he had before, but I assume he, like, learned a lot from that so that he could be possibly the universe's greatest teacher in the uh, <laughs> Star Wars trilogy. Uh, you do know about his next Padawan, though, uh, because you played the Force Unleashed, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. That is a much cooler character. I like Ahsoka just fine, it, but I mean, she listen. spends two seasons being very annoying, whereas that guy just immediately loves to destroy Star Destroyers with his mind powers. That game is very fun, and I, I really do enjoy it, and I think that the story is pretty good, but the fact that the main character's name is Starkiller, just, it, it, it's too, like, 1990s... It's like a 90s soda commercial. Isn't that yeah. what George Lucas wanted to call Luke Skywalker? Yes. I believe yeah. that the initial uh, name of the main character was Anakin Starkiller, um, and then he changed both names and saved them for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty clever of him. Uh, well, the <laughs> it was... Um, from the Journals of the Wills, The Adventures of Mace Windy and his Padawan Anakin Starkiller, I believe was the full title of the initial treatment. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, he, he was not good at things, but... Like, he came up with good ideas and bad ideas in equal measure, but was surrounded, luckily, by enough people at the time to tell him which ones were the bad ideas. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've talked about this a million times, but I feel like a lot of the really great creative minds, uh, uh, they work best when they have a lot of restrictions. They don't have a lot yeah. of their own money or whatever, so they have to appease other people. And when they get the power and money to do whatever <laughs> they want, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it depends, though, because you have someone like George Lucas where that was definitely a problem. But then Jack Kirby's best work is when DC Comics hired him away from Marvel and were like, you can make anything you want. And he created, uh, like, Darkseid and all those guys. Oh yeah, yeah all those I guys that know. I've heard of as a non they weren't su- <laughs> They weren't financially successful uh-huh. and didn't become popular, but they were, it was like his be- biggest But they cre- were impenetrably complex. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely his biggest creative success. I would say. I guess, but I, I, the other day, because in the Justice League movie, there's the whole thing where Darkseid is kind of implied to be the future villain or whatever, and I was trying to explain this to Jen when we were driving home from seeing that movie, <laughs> and I was like, I thought for sure that the guy who was going to be the bad guy in this movie was going to be Calabac, who is sort of Darkseid's son, but actually he's not, because he's the other guy's son, and they traded it in a pact a thousand, like, a, a century ago or whatever, and, like, just trying to explain the backstory of one of the characters from the fourth world was was impossible to a normal human being. <laughs> Look, it's all very simple. Calabac is the true-born son of Highfather, who lives on New Genesis. Yes. Orion is the true-born son of Darkseid, the tyrant of Apocalypse. They traded sons to maintain the peace and end the war that divided their people, and which, now which... Calabac has been raised as an evil monster man. Which war mm-hmm. is this again? 
<laughs> oh, the war between the war between the new gods of Apocalypse and New Genesis. Uh, so there's new gods. Um, are they related in any way to the like canonically real Egyptian? Uh, not Egyptian. Greek gods, I guess Egyptian gods too. Are, are there like oh, no? All these <laughs> those are the are old gods, gods of the third world who <clears throat> died. So where are they at now, though? They oh. died apparently. <laughs> That's what Jeff's telling me. Well, I don't know because I'm pretty sure Ares <laughs> is still kicking around being a dick. Oh yeah, played by that very old man for some reason. Yeah, but with super jacked muscles anyway, <laughs> which is the greatest thing in that whole movie. <laughs> to be fair, that is very uh, traditionally, classically Greek. To yeah, have an I know. Old guy yeah, that's true. <laughs> and his oh. ridiculous mustache, and he still has it when he's a Greek god. <laughs> CGI CGI faces on other people's bodies have leaked down into like dark comedy biopics now because I, Tanya, is full of it. Margot Robbie's face is digitally stitched onto an actual figure skater in so many shots where it doesn't need to be. (sighs) We're getting to that point where digital effects are too easy to do and now they're just terrible. I guess we've been at that point for a while, but it's getting worse. Well, the thing is, though, the ones that are really good you don't notice and you let slide. So those are being successfully used. I never let them slide. I... Even when I don't notice them, I <laughs> assume that they're bad. The, well, the stuff you don't notice is, like, when they replace everything from ten feet up with a digital map painting. Um, but the stuff you do notice is when they recreate Peter Cushing's entire old head with computers and then put it directly in the center of the screen of this hundred million dollar movie, and it looks really bad. Yep. I, I really like the Flash TV show, but my yeah, me god, too. They, end of sentence. <laughs> they they really need to stop having those sequences where oh, he yeah. suddenly turns into a CGI version of himself. God. Just say those are terrible. They really are. And like, when the show started out, the effect of mm, him running, I'm like, that looks fine. That looks better than I would expect a well, CW show to look. And then they just kept doing more and more. <laughs> And a lot of them are still very cool, and a lot of the effects that they do work, but then every once in a while you'll have, like, that one episode where he creates a duplicate of himself to fight uh, Professor Zoom or whatever. Like, Oh, God. Uh, the, you see the two of them running side by side, and they, like, look at each other and smile, but it's like... It's like watching a computer trying desperately to become <laughs> sentient. Like, neither of these faces look even remotely human. And you could... It was like, the background was moving fast, but you could have still had Grant Gustin be doing it instead yeah. of replacing his whole body with CGI for some reason. Yeah, it's really, really... Like, I don't get it, because the effect of him running looks better in the show than it did in the movie Justice League, which had way more money to work with, but they keep every other effect they do look so bad. It was very weird to me in the Justice League movie when the Flash ran that they always did a thing where, like, when he would start running, it would be like, and, like, in that build-up before he ran. But, like... If it takes him that long to start running, then his power kind of blows. <laughs> like, the whole thing of him dodging bullets doesn't work if it takes him 15 seconds to start going. That would yeah. be a good way to nerf his powers, is, oh, he can run super fast, but it takes him a little bit to get going. <laughs> I guess, but that then he's just not very good. <laughs> like, I think it was a style, uh, just a style choice, though, a bad one. 
It was. Yes, I just it was like the thinking about when they make the show that as soon as uh, they have him leave super fast, then uh, some grip from off screen has to shoot an air gun and everyone <laughs> yes. is still in the scene for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Especially oh, because so in order for him to disappear, they had to like have the actor stand there and then cut and he would walk off the set and then <laughs> they'd start filming again and then air gun blow everyone. <laughs> so good. That's <laughs> oh. oh, a little things. Yeah, it's great. And honestly, that show would be a million times better if they just didn't show the stuff that they needed to do with CGI. Yeah. I'll buy it. You explain to me what happened. You have Tom Cavanaugh, like, standing and just explaining what he's seeing, watching something off screen, and that would be great. Yep. Yep. As long as he's lit from below and dramatically takes his glasses off as he stops smiling so everyone knows, oh, what's going on? Is he secretly evil? Yeah. Oh, man. That would be fantastic. Uh, Somebody should do a fan edit of the show where they just cut out all of the CGI and it would be great. I want I I love to watch that show way more when Tom Cavanaugh is in it because uh, sometimes mm. he's not in it. Yeah, he's he's definitely the best actor on that show, which is oh, crazy because I've far. always I've always thought of him as just a goofball, and he's great as a goofball on the show, but he's also genuinely like a very good actor. Yeah, which yeah. I, I like expect. Jesse L. Martin though. I think he's great. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he was. Which Law and Order was he on? The he original was on one, Law I think. And Order, right? Yeah. yeah, I remember always liking him on that, and so I was very excited to see him be on this show. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I always get the sense when I'm watching him that he thinks the things that he's doing are dumb and ridiculous, <laughs> and they are. So I don't hold it against him, but he doesn't seem totally bought into a lot of it. Oh, I disagree. Well, he always seems so happy on that show, like just filled with joy. Well, that's what be there. I, I guess... get to be on TV still. Amazing. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean, though. Like it sort of has this feeling of like. Okay, so you're going to use your superpowers to beat up that gorilla. <laughs> Great. <Yep>. Whatever. <laughs> I'm everybody's happening. dad. I'm wearing yep. a fun hat. <laughs> yep, exactly. He's great. It's it's a lot like Alec Guinness in the old Star Wars trilogy. He didn't yep. want to be there. He definitely was a better <laughs> actor than... Like, he spent the whole movie totally phoning it in and still delivers the best performance by far. Yeah, it's like... It seems like if you spent your whole life being very good at acting, then you don't need to actually do any committing to your character to still be very good at it. <laughs> yep. Of course not. Mm, uh, okay. What did you do online, Matt? I think you tried to make us skip yours. No, I mean, I was just trying to move the show along. Um, uh, I So, I had a moment uh, earlier this year that was mirrored this past week of having that moment where, like, in my life, I was I remembered playing a game when I was a kid, and I couldn't find it, and then I dug it up from out of nowhere, so the same thing happened this past week. Uh, Jen's brother was in from out of town, and we were all having dinner, and they were talking about playing at a computer game um, and that, it was they Zork. Both, that they both had loved, but they couldn't remember the name of. And I was like, oh, it's this game. And they were like, no, it's definitely not. Um, and so I hate that, especially when they keep just <laughs> when someone will describe it more and more and be like, no, it's definitely this game. Yeah, There's no. no other game that meets that description. I'm so mad at you. Yes, but Jeff, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This exact thing happened to me, and at the end of this story, spoilers, I was the asshole. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they were saying, okay, it's this game. It was like, kind of crappy old computer graphics, but definitely color, where these, uh, like, 
uh, teens were going to a house and there were these monsters inside and like you had to solve puzzles and the monsters were scary but also kind of funny and I was Maniac like oh, Mansion? You're, you're talking about Maniac Mansion yeah, and yeah, they were yeah. like no it wasn't Maniac Mansion I'm like no like listen <laughs> the odds of there being another adventure game that was like about teens accidentally breaking into a house full of like mad scientists and monsters is <laughs> insane <laughs> I was wrong. This is my mea culpa. There's apparently a ripoff of Maniac Mansion called Hugo's House of Horrors. <laughs> That's the uh, problem. Whenever there's a ripoff of something for kids, half the kids you know know the real thing, and then the other yes. half just know the ripoff. <laughs> yeah, and what was crazy is that Jen and her brother really loved these games, mm. and when I was talking about Maniac Mansion, they'd never heard of it, and I was <laughs> like, wait a minute, you got super into this game without going for its much better, like, inspiration? No, 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 Shaq wasn't the genie, it was Sinbad, <laughs> I'm certain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but... Once we realized that 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 was the game they were talking about, I was like, oh man, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, it's a shame that you guys don't have it anymore. And then I was like, wait a minute, good old games exists. And of course it was there, and I got the whole trilogy for 99 cents. (laughs) Yeah, even if it wasn't there, the internet archive has started, uh, like, putting up abandonware for download, like, of stuff that doesn't, you can't get anymore. Yeah. That's pretty good. I really like that game preservationists exist. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> I get a bit conflicted when uh, something's not available anymore, and it's like one person made a game, and they're like, uh, people are like, oh, I really want to play it again, and that one person's like, no, I don't really want to re-release it or anything. It's fine if it just dies. I feel like maybe that person doesn't get to own it anymore, and we should take it from them if we can. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that at that point, just put it on your website with a full Creative Commons license. Release it into the public domain. Who cares? Yeah, but when people are like, oh, I wrote this story, but it's terrible, so let's not have it go around anymore. And you're like, "Mm, I do want someone to scoop that out from under you, though, and still make it illegally available to me to read. I remember there was a period of time when we were young where every new computer game came with a bunch of extraordinarily cheaply made games just Mm -hmm. installed on it. Yeah. Uh, And there was one we had called Meat Gone Bad, where you shot mustard at meat, and the meat (laughs) was like monsters, and it was a bad ripoff of... um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Space Invaders. Oh, okay. Um, But... Uh, I've been looking to see if I could find a place to play that for so long. (laughs) I really want to download the shareware bundle that I had as a child, Saturn Galaxy of Games. Um, (laughs) Was it on your Sega Saturn? No, it was not. (laughs) It was from some company, I guess, called Saturn Games. Um, And, uh, oh man, every time I almost find it, it's some, like, other version that isn't exactly the one I had. And Mm. and no, I don't want that. I need the exact version of Saturn (laughs) Galaxy of Games that I had as a child. Yeah, that's exactly the thing, because I can find other Space Invaders clones, but the sound effects on Meat Gone Bad were really gross, but, Mm. like, I remember them so clearly. I I just want to hear them again. Uh, I don't know why. And when you start out the game and it said, Meat Gone Bad, and you're like, oh, the computer's making human voice noises. This is great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
That's, yeah, that's exactly, that's the thing about nostalgia, is you need to have the sounds and visuals that you had (laughs) as a kid. It's, like, why I can't play, it's hard, I guess, for me to play, like, a badly emulated game, like, if it's Sonic and I'm playing it on my computer, I'm like, nah, this isn't the same because it's not uh, coming through that original hardware on a bad TV. Because, this is like... because it's not... The, the machine playing this is not straining with all its might exactly. to get every possible thing to appear on the screen. <laughs> yep. That's why when uh, these like pixel art games come out and they have clean lines, I'm like, mm, you need to put a visual filter over it. They designed... <laughs> Like, back in the day, they designed pixel art for the bad TVs that would blend everything all together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, everything We've already talked at length about how pixel graphics is terrible, and I hope that people stop <laughs> no, doing it. No, I like it. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I like it in the classic Game Boy style, where it was, like, individual dots. I don't like the uh, NES sort of pixel art as much. I just don't like when games have pixel art with no justification other than, like, oh, we wanted it to look retro, but really, they just didn't want to do good graphics. Yeah. Yeah, but look at the trailer for Mega Man 11. That game looks like hot garbage compared to 9 and 10, but, it, like, objectively speaking, it has higher production values. I don't know what the point you're trying to make is. <laughs> It like it's in 3D instead of being 2D pixel art like nine and ten were, and but it looks bad. Like it doesn't look cool or good. Uh huh. Yeah, you're right. That, but they, there are they, other types of graphics that can look bad. Yes. But <laughs> they could it. if they had done the same thing but in pixel art, it would have like immediately just looked nicer. You have no way of knowing that. Mm, yeah, I do because nine and ten look nicer than it, and they're the same thing. Yeah, but it's different, Jeff. It's different. (laughs) Alright. I don't understand. (laughs) Random subreddit time? Yeah, let's do it. So I got r slash Norm McDonald, which is, I think, the most specific one we've ever gotten. (laughs) Cool, that's the one we're doing. Let's not even read the others. (laughs) I don't think I know enough about Norm McDonald to talk about this. I don't either, and here's the problem. I think Norm McDonald is very funny. I have not heard anything recently about his opinions on anything. I am very yes. afraid that he will have some very bad <laughs> opinions on things. And I kind of want to just remember when he said funny stuff in the 90s. <laughs> That's kind of where I want to keep Norm MacDonald. He was I, think, very... I think his opinions uh, have the right politics. However, I there's he was very funny on Saturday Night Live at the time when Saturday Night Live was very funny. And uh, that means almost certainly he's done some bad things to women. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's probably true. Yeah. But I don't know anything, so I don't really want to say that, but I also don't want to yeah. find out more. <laughs> I certainly know slander against him. I think that he's very funny, unless he was a monster, in which case I knew all along, and actually <laughs> he's not funny at all. Yeah, that's really the only opinion <laughs> that people <Yeah>. can have. <laughs> um, I got r slash tiny animals on fingers which is exactly what it says on the tin (laughs) um it's photographs of the tips of people's fingers with tiny animals on them here's the problem i have with this one is that uh it's gonna be half tiny like lizards and frogs which are cute and then half bugs which are horrifying that's exactly what i was gonna say i'm worried about the bug ratio yeah there's a baby crab that is like the tiniest thing i've ever seen in my life Oh, man. Can I just talk for a second about how our mother... Did I already talk about this on our podcast? How Probably. our mother 
reposted a picture of people uh, going to a beach where baby crabs were everywhere and then, like, laying down and letting the crabs crawl over no, them. No, no! Like, dumping buckets of baby crabs on their own heads for fun or whatever. Mm. And it made my eyes go to hell. And I hate it. And I hate that my mom made me watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I, the idea that she made you watch it is very funny to me because I know that that didn't happen. Well, I mean, I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed and then the video started to autoplay and I was like, what's this weird red sand people are dumping? And then, oh, oh no, crabs! Yeah. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Also, here's a hot take. I don't think frogs are very cute, and a lot of times when people put up pictures of, oh, this cute frog, it grosses me out. I think frogs are pretty cute. I think <sighs> that snakes aren't very cute, and a lot of times people put up snakes, and I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah I don't really like snakes very much. I don't hate them, but I'm yeah. snake neutral, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on the same page. But what about newts? <laughs> Oh, I got it. New, I don't new, get it. New, neutral. <laughs> yeah. I see. New, neutral. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so uh. what I got was r slash premature celebration. And I think all you need to know can be summed up in the header, which is a little cartoon of two Reddit aliens running. One guy uh, has his arms raised in victory, and you see he's right about to cross the finish line, but his face says, oh no, essentially. And then there's a smiling Reddit alien who has actually crossed the finish line. So this one guy was so sure he was going to win the race, but he has not won the race. Yeah. Is this the one we're going to do? I think it's down to this one or Tiny Animals on Fingers. Oh, really? I figured Tiny Animals on Fingers was right out. So, premature Uh, celebration, then? Alright, yeah, let's do premature celebration. Alright. Okay. So... You just didn't want to do Norm MacDonald. (laughs) I just don't know anything about Norm MacDonald. That's why we would learn via the subreddit. I don't want to learn bad things about Norm MacDonald. I thought he was funny pretending to be Burt Reynolds on Saturday Night Live with that giant cowboy hat. I literally cannot hear the last name Ferguson without thinking Turd Ferguson. (laughs) Yes, that's (laughs) To this day. Yep. Uh, so, premature celebration, it's got in a fancy font, for some reason, name, uh, it's got a white background, uh... Can I just point out that it's justified in such a weird way where the top seems like it's cut off by the banner and it makes me crazy? It needs to be moved down, like, a quarter inch. Not for me, it's not. Really? Yeah. Hmm, I'm gonna reload the page, and maybe that will fix it. It didn't. (laughs) Uh, the people are just called subscribers. There's 150,000, so that's a big number. Uh, 123 online right now. Uh, it seems to be mostly about sports, because then it has a filter where you can filter by which sport it is. And the, the rules are pretty good. The rules are no meta shit posts. Example, Happy New Year on December 28th. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, speaking <laughs> of which, this is coming out on the first day of the new year, so happy... 2018, everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy 2018. I'm sorry to break it to you, but this year is going to be worse than the last two. No, it might not be. No, it it probably will be. It could be good. I mean, all that we see is villains don't get punished, and then they succeed at murdering all of us. Yeah, but this could be the year that we take up arms. Here's what we see. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Here's what we see in American politics, though. If we, like, really take a step back and really look at it accurately... It's these Republican politicians doing everything they can as a last-ditch effort because they know they're getting voted out. And we've seen in all the smaller elections this year and smaller races around the country, 
that is going to happen. So I feel confident that that is going to turn. Oh yeah, did God, you see but that's gen- not until goddamn November. Well, did you see the generic <laughs> polls that put the Democrats 13 points ahead, which is almost twice as high as it's ever been in history? <laughs> yep. It's really, really, really funny um, that the president himself, when trying to brag about how popular he is, the best poll he can find puts him at 40% approval. <laughs> yep. Uh, so anyway. we don't want to talk about that. Uh, talk about pre- talk about premature celebration, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so rules, other rules, no reaction videos. Uh, fine, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and as long as the video shows a winner not quite winning, it counts. This includes gaming, sports, and all other forms of competition. We take this rule very seriously. Mm. We take this rule to be self evident. Yeah. That all posts are created equal. <laughs> I mean, they're explicitly not. There is a voting system. <laughs> yeah. Some better than others. Oh, yeah, just like America. Hey. Yep. <sighs> no, uh, we're not going to be able to avoid politics on this board because I'm looking at the top board and all the top posts are political. Yeah, well, everyone is uh, angry <laughs> about everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's fine, though. I do love... This is the thing. When Once the sociopaths that are in charge of everything uh, stop even recognizing when they've been proven wrong, like when you mm-hmm. point at the thing and be like, hey, this is the thing you fucked up, and everyone saw you fuck it up, and then they're like, no, it's not fucked up, like, no matter what, then the real, the only joy you can really get anymore is to see, like, to see that other people recognize that they were being assholes, even if they refused yeah. to. Yeah. Did you did you see the one where uh, it was like a Netherlands um, journalist interviewing some GOP politician, and he was like, "You said that uh, Muslims are constantly killing people here," uh, and the guy was like, "No, I didn't." And then they played a clip of him saying it. Uh, well, he said, no, I didn't, that's fake news, and then they played a clip of him saying it, and he was like, so do you still think it's fake news? And he said, I didn't say it was fake news. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was so infuriating, because at no po- like, it was a ten seconds between him saying something and him denying he ever said it. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that, it, like... People always talk about how the way to be the best kind of liar is to believe your own lies, and mm-hmm. these people are just doing it, and it's, in a way, it kind of feels like maybe this means they'll just drift off into their own fantasy land to the point where they're all, like, on an island together, <laughs> arguing, like, no, I can't eat this rock, and then they die. Mm, that would be yeah. nice. But instead what's happening is they seem to have just denied the existence of cameras and recording equipment and everyone is letting them do it. Mm. Are they, though? Because a lot of people are saying, like, no. People are saying the media aren't calling them out enough, and I think that is completely fair. But then people are also saying, and nobody's noticing this, but all the people saying that are noticing it, and all of us reading that are also noticing it. Like, I don't think it's it's that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess, but the fact that they would have anyone, any supporters being like, this is a fair and honest person, seems maddening to me. Because Has any reporter ever not. said that about anyone? Reporters don't. Supporters, I, I said, unless I misspoke. No, you didn't misspeak, you've never misspoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've never made a mistake in my life, I'm the perfect person. But I, I will say I've gotten some optimism out of recently uh, several reporters, it, like that lady on Fox News even, said to Paul Ryan, are you living in a fantasy world? And he kind of just had no response to it because he is. Yeah. Yep. I did like the one, I got a little bit of pleasure from the one news guy being like, you know that you don't have to swear into political office on a Christian Bible, right? You get to pick what book you swear on. And the guy was just like literally slack jawed. Like he had never heard this before in his life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was, I be, I'm pretty sure he was a lawyer for a politician. Yeah, that's kind of depressing it makes, to me. It really <laughs> makes you think, like, could I be a lawyer? Like, is it that hard? <laughs> yeah. Because it seems you just like need you to don't have need to know money. anything. You just need to have the money to pay for the thing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it sure seems a whole lot like you could just, like, not even pay for the thing and just walk up and be like, no, I am though. I am a lawyer. <laughs> oh, that was, I was, uh, watching when I was watching I, Tanya, they recreate an interview with her bodyguard that likely planned the entire Nancy Kerrigan attack. Um, mm. and he keeps being, he keeps insisting I work with international, uh, espionage agencies and the reporter's like, no, we checked and you don't. And he just keeps saying, but I do, though. <laughs> and it was very... Uh, I was like, this is a fun comedic moment in a movie, but then they play cl- clips of the actual person over the credits, and I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah. It was real. He's a real man who says those things. Could it be <laughs> that these people aren't idiots, but are, in fact, like extremely advanced philosophers who are denying <laughs> the possibility of an objective truth? That's what they want you to think. You don't have to fall for that. <laughs> They're just evil morons, though. I know, but it would be very funny if they were, uh, like, the most esoteric philosophers available, you know? Just, like, uh, getting to the point of being like, well, maybe nothing is real, and even the words that you say are just an illusion created by your mind. Yeah, you have to get past that point to be like, uh, yeah, I guess I can't know the objective truth, so I have to go based on my subjective experience, which tells me that all of this is real. <laughs> uh yeah, I guess. Do you have to do that? You shouldn't. I mean, you kind of do. Like you can't confirm that reality exists, so you have to go the way it seems. And the way it seems is that reality exists and everyone else is just as much of a person as you are. Yeah. I guess what I yeah, what I mean is like reality should in fact uh be taken as obviously real i guess oh yeah i guess like it is obviously real but that which is obvious is not necessarily true yeah this we're i'm getting up my own ass about this (laughs) yeah well and especially because like the thing you're saying only makes any kind of sense in a world where usually it is true though (laughs) usually the things (laughs) that are obvious are true yes that's fair yeah 
Anyway, so I'm looking at a funny uh, entry, which is... Oh, good, because I am only seeing depressing entries. <laughs> yeah, they're all about literally everything I've seen so far is about Donald Trump, except for the one about the guy falling down at the baseball park. Is that the one you're going to do? <laughs> no, this is the one. It is a tweet with a picture from a person who's saying, I'm not even a little worried at the Patriots, hashtag one more, and they have gotten a large tattoo of the Patriots angry Minuteman with a football and underneath it says, Super Bowl 51 champions. And I am guessing that that Super Bowl's already passed and the Patriots did not win or maybe did not even take part in it. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, I think I think that was a few years ago and they lost to the Giants. So that's pretty good. Oh, I don't yeah. get... And also, apart from all of the rest of that, it is a pretty bad tattoo. And I don't know why people yeah. don't... Like, take the time to go, you know what? I'm going to save up my money for my tattoo and make sure that it's a really good one. But I guess if you're getting a Super Bowl Champions tattoo anyway, you're kind of an idiot. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people's tattoos are dumb. Period. Yep, I agree. <laughs> end, end of statement. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think a lot of people's tattoos... Um, you kind of have to take the attitude of, well, even though this isn't something that I would get, if this is something that meant something to this person for a long time and they are very invested in it and, like, they want to have it on their skin, that's totally acceptable and reasonable. Mm -hmm. The idea of getting a tattoo to commemorate a football game that you didn't play in and, yeah. like, Ugh. at maximum influenced your life for, what, three hours? <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. I get very... I think that the only uh, people who should be, like, have any pride in their sports teams are the ones who live in a town where there is a publicly owned sports team, like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Because uh, mm -hmm. the rest, all you're doing is being like, yes, win, team, make more money for some guy who doesn't do anything to mistreat his employees. Yeah, yeah but... That's also true anytime you're like, mm, uh, this union should do something. Like, every every person who works, you could say that about. Like, yes, that's fair. I, uh, but, like, whenever, it's just, it's, rooting for the team seems weird. Rooting for, like, maybe individual players is cool, because, like, the players' union is a cool thing, um... I don't know. I'm just uncomfortable with the idea of some billionaire being like, yes, I represent this place, this town. It's in my blood. <laughs> People fall for that so completely all over the world, though. It's insane. Yeah, we're looking at you, John Bon Jovi. You're not from Philadelphia, we know. <laughs> uh, I'm so mad because he's from the place where I'm from, New Jersey, and instead he's like, who says you can't go home to Philadelphia, where I'm from? <laughs> Maybe John Bon Jovi... I think bon Jovi... vague enough that he can weasel his way out of that one. <laughs> no, no bon... he filmed that yeah, entire music video in Philadelphia and then bought an arena football uh, team in Philadelphia. But he filmed that in Philadelphia where he and the rest of the band question mark i guess are building habitats for humanity you can't go home see now you don't you feel bad no i don't <laughs> he could build those in new jersey there's also poverty here 
Like Camden's no, right no, out of the bridge, and look, it's definitely worse. No, there's no poverty in New Jersey because uh, Springsteen has raised uh, money to take care of all of that. So that's he true. had to move on to Philadelphia. Do he you think that's state. why he switched over to Philadelphia? Because he felt like Bruce Springsteen had competition. New Jersey lockdown. Because <laughs> I kind of think that might be it. Uh, I think he just I wanted think... to own part of the soul, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll talk about Philadelphia." <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll get... be from Philadelphia. I will have always <laughs> been from Philadelphia. We can get one celebrity per region, and I think Springsteen gets the shore. Uh, bon Jovi could have had Central Jersey if he wanted. We don't have anyone from North and South. Uh, I guess what I'm saying though is like. For a long time, every time anyone talked about New Jersey musicians, they were like Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi. And if I had to be compared to Bruce Springsteen all the time, I would do anything I could to not be because he's terrible and I hate him. Do mm, you think that's why Sinatra went so New York? Because he was afraid of competing with Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Listen, Sinatra is great, but he would have lost in a fist fight to Bruce Springsteen. There, I said it. <laughs> I actually don't. I'm not sure if that's true. Sinatra <laughs> seems like he definitely prime? punched. <laughs> I feel like yeah. We prime? get a time machine and we go get Sinatra from 1950 and Springsteen <laughs> from 1978, and we get them to have a fist fight in uh, 1985. I feel like Sin- I <laughs> so feel like a real Sin- Thunderdome vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like Sinatra's whole thing was trying to project the vibe of being a very tough man, but like, was he? Did he ever actually do anything tough, or did he just he sing songs? Women, right? well, yeah, he definitely a, punched his a, wife's in the face, right? Is that a thing a tough guy does? I feel like that's a thing that a very weak man who's insecure about himself does. Okay, I thought you when you were saying tough guy, I thought you were saying it ironically. No, no, I mean, oh. like, he wants... <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a rough and tumble guy. He wants everyone to think he's a tough guy. Well, he doesn't want anything anymore, he's well, dead. okay, he wanted everyone to think he was a tough guy... Uh, but I don't think he ever did anything tough except for sing songs for people who murder people for a living. And uh, is that that tough? You didn't do the murdering yourself. I don't know. He was pretty shitty to other musicians, wasn't he? Like he threw his weight around. Yeah, but in, not in a way where he was shitty. Like he would come in and wrestle them. <laughs> he would come yeah, in it's... and like I tell guess them, not. <laughs> like sue I... them and things like that. Things that tough guys don't do. I hate to bring up Jack Kirby twice in one podcast, oh, but he, he, he was a rough-and-tumble guy. Like, he would be drawing comics, and there would be some, like, bullies outside, and he would go beat them up, because, yeah. like, he was actually, now, like, tough. I don't think Frank Sinatra would go and beat anybody up if they were making fun of him. Now, Jeff, I hate to do this to you, but we're gonna play a sound clip of you talking about how much you love to bring up Jack Kirby twice in an episode. <laughs> uh, uh, fake news, I never said it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think that there are people in the arts who are tough. I just don't think that Frank Sinatra is one of them. And I think the best evidence for that is how hard he tried to make us think he was tough. That's fair. I, okay, so then in this New Jersey spectrum of musicians, I think, uh, John Bon Jovi probably falls in that same category where, like, oh, he seems like maybe he'd be a little bit tough, but he probably isn't at all. But I think Bruce Springsteen actually could get into fights and stuff. I could actually see him working in a uh, factory like he does in so many of his videos. (laughs) Okay, so let's break down this hierarchy. I think toughest New Jersey musician, probably Bruce Springsteen. Second, Frank Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Third, Bon Jovi. And 99th, My Chemical Romance. Do we all agree? (laughs) Uh, I think that. 
I think that overcoming addiction is the toughest thing of all, and so I put Gerard Way much higher on the list. <laughs> well, I think saying uh, you're going to march in the Black Parade when you seem so anemic, you probably couldn't stand up that long, is uh, pose your behavior. <laughs> yep. Where does Fountains of Wayne fall on this? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, underrated, but only because they had one bad song that was their most famous one. Yeah, Founds of Wayne is really good. I just was listening to I Want an Alien for Christmas, and I yeah. forgot how great that song is as being a throwback to, like, 50s novelty songs and a throwback to, like, 70s alien obsession and a throwback <laughs> to 60s pop music. It's yeah. three yeah. throwbacks in one song. Yeah, it's the perfect I song. Ha- <laughs> I have fondness for any artist that is popular for one corny novelty song, but then the rest of their music is really good. Uh, I think it's the same reason I like Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, that's probably true. Is, eh, wait, most of her Holy songs Maybe are like that, a novelty song. I, it was not treated as serious pop music. It was popular because the video was funny and the lyrics were dumb. What is serious pop yeah. music? <laughs> pop music is something... used as an insult when you're saying something isn't serious, so I don't know what you're getting at. Well, something like a ballad by uh, Lady Gaga would be considered serious pop music because the lyrics aren't uh, meant to be taken lightly, like Edge of Glory or something like that. I guess so. Well, okay, but I think that I think that you're confusing the word serious with the word dramatic because I think that sure. like, I think that if you were going to have a non-sad pop song, I think that uh, "Call Me Maybe" is an excellent example of that. I don't think that there's anything ironic or or non-serious about it. Yeah, it certainly doesn't wink at the audience as much as, uh, for example, any like, late-era Katy Perry song. For example, uh, comparably flash-in-the-pan and same-time-period pop hit uh, Gangnam Style. Yes, that, I think, was explicitly meant to be a comedy piece. Yes, exactly. But I genuinely think that Call Me Maybe was supposed to be a heartfelt, if a little bit bubblegum, yeah, uh, story, and I think so. it succeeds very well at that. I and actually really I, didn't. Like she that talk song. about it being that sort of feeling, like she describes in the song of meeting somebody. Like I think it's sincere. I yep. put it. I put it at the same level of goofiness as Stacy's mom, which is why I brought it up. I don't agree because that yeah, song I is that is not. Oh, I'm attracted to this person's mom. I'm going to write a real song about the real feelings I'm having. <laughs> it's not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a joke, and a lot of Fountains of Wayne songs are jokes, and that's fine, yeah. but they just, they're that kind of band that, they're sort of like They Might Be Giants, where some of their songs are very good, but all of their songs are silly. Yeah. I think my favorite song from Fountains of Wayne is both silly and has some sincerity to it, which is uh, Hey Julie. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I keep thinking of their song Mexican Wine, but Mexican I can't remember Wine anything is a but great the title. Song. Also, Haley's Waitress is pretty good and also a mm. funny song. I think these are all off of the same album as Stacy's Mom, aren't they? <laughs> I think they only Probably. had one album, didn't they? <laughs> no, they still exist. They're still a going concern. That does not refute my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just are touring on that one album for the past 13 years. 
yo, they've got six albums, and I'm about to get the rest of them. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I pro- if I still listened to music regularly, I would definitely go on Spotify and add a bunch of those to my library to listen to. Yeah, guys, yeah. this this journey that we were taking on premature celebrations <laughs> led us to a very post-mature celebration of the catalog of Fountains of Wayne. I disagree. I no, think this is premature your... because yeah, you exactly. are buying these albums <laughs> without knowing whether or not you're going to like them, and you probably you're will like, not. <laughs> Hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> That's probably This music true. will definitely be good. <laughs> yeah. Click. Uh, Dewey beats Truman. <laughs> Why is that not the top post of all time on this board? Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I do like that the third post of all time is a post from the uh, purely execrable subreddit, the underscore Donald, uh, congratulating Roy Moore on his Senate victory, uh, which he did not win. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was pretty good. Although See, things can lot... turn it around in 2018. Yeah, well, maybe, except he's probably going to get named Secretary of State or something. Yeah, but that's all last-ditch stuff that people are trying to do with going against the will of the people. The will of the people is going to rise up. Yeah, I keep on seeing this where people are like, oh my god, like, things are getting so much worse. Did you see how Donald Trump is trying to fire the head of the FBI? And I'm like, yeah, that's a thing that somebody does when they're very scared. Like, this is getting better. He's just freaking out. That's okay. We want him to do that, right? Uh, no, because, like, he could freak out big air quotes, and uh, push the button that launches nuclear weapons at Los Angeles or something. Well, we've already heard from the military leaders that they've de- they've decided that they're not going to react to him pushing that button until they find out more information. Yeah, so. see, that's the thing. The more outlandish the things he does are, which already started out pretty outlandish but are getting worse, the less other people are going to believe in him, even though there's such a impetus to believe in the office of the president. Well, and, like, all, everyone's saying about, like, ooh, look at all these Republicans falling in line behind Donald Trump. Like, again, this looks like the kind of behavior that people do when they're trying to convince themselves that something they know is a bad idea is actually a good idea. Yeah. And it's usually what you do right up until the moment where you're like, you know what, fuck this. Well, I disagree. I think that they're all in, and they're like, we gotta try to get whatever we can for ourselves, because we're never gonna get reelected and everybody hates us. And that really sucks, and that is making the world worse. But, remember that part about how they're not gonna get reelected. We have to hold on to that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it's the frustrating part is thinking about like oh, who's going to replace them though because like the day after uh, Doug Jones won the election he was like mm, I think that abortion is bad and everyone should have five guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's still uh, better though. <laughs> like, he's yeah, still yeah, I guess. A move forward. It's it's like the more uh, that overall politics shift to the right is the more the democratic party shifts to the right which is so frustrating yeah that's definitely true but also as much as the politicians are shifting right the electorate by and large is shifting left and yes so you know there's all of this stuff where people are like oh i need more donor dollars to convince people to vote for me at some point, somebody's going to be like, wait, I could convince people to vote for me by just doing things for them <laughs> instead of asking for more money from rich people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we need like, some people uh, who are like, people want, people, we need people who people want to rally behind. And there are some in some parts of the country, and I really hope some of them get up yeah, and that's, uh, take over. 
That's yeah. how Obama won. He didn't yeah. win by being like, we need to think pragmatically about the future. He won by saying, we can change the world instantly if you vote for me. Yeah. And like, his policies in office were not great, but the way you win elections is by, like, not being, like... Uh, we need to be realistic about the future and what we can possibly achieve, and everyone uh, marginalized just has to be patient. Yep. So you're saying that Barack Obama was exactly as much of a liar as Donald Trump is? That's not exactly saying. as much, but very much so. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. But that's for what good Jeff things, said. Jeff said he Obama lied about was good the worst things. president we ever had. <laughs> uh, not the worst, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly not. He certainly was not the person that he promised he would be when he was running. Yeah, it's hard That's... that I remember at the time when he was president being frustrated that he wasn't doing more to be like, well, sorry, uh, Republicans, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to try to compromise with you. I yeah. at the time I was like, oh, I wish he would just tell them more. Like, well, I'm just going to do this. I don't care what you think. And now I can't even look back at that without getting really angry. So I try not to. Yep. Yeah, because the Democrats had control of in the Congress at one point during his presidency, and they didn't do anything with it. Yep. So, well, I'm hoping that people know better now. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I think that as long as politicians only ever listen to their uh, rich donors and, uh, like, ignore the will of the people and then get hated more and more, they're never going to really do anything because they're too afraid of angering one of those two groups, and forward movement will happen when a politician is like i guess i i guess i need to side with the people because that's the only way that this keeps working and then as soon as somebody does that it reaches a tipping point i think yeah yeah that's how sanders was so successful in the primary mm-hmm. and he kept bragging about like oh my average donation is 27 dollars um whereas my opponent's average donation is like 500 dollars or something yeah um because he still based on polls is the most popular politician in the country and he's also a person who you know doesn't really do anything legislatively, but because he uh, seems to want to, that is enough. And for some reason, that that election strategy has not leaked into the Democratic Party for the most part. I think that yeah, there think are people who are like, hey, yeah, look at that. Like, yeah. it's not the people in charge of the Democratic Party, but a lot of the people in the Democratic Democratic Party are like. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of smaller like state legislature elections that are turning over to like mm-hmm. DSA members and stuff, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, it's Maybe very heartening should... how many people were like, I got so angry after Trump's election that I decided I I had to run for office, and they've been elected now. Like that's good. That's what yep. we need more of. Maybe we should burn these old fuckers to the ground. That's what <laughs> yeah. these people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the lady who won in Virginia beat out, like, she's a trans woman, and beat out the guy who wrote the bathroom bill that said trans people can't use the bathroom in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really nice. And then, like, this other person, like, I think... It was, he got in a Facebook argument with a politician and then, like, signed up the day after to run against him and then beat him. And there's, like, a half a dozen of these little stories, and they're so nice and heartening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it also, it feels like a premature celebration to be happy about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, but uh, sometimes you need some hope to keep going, and that is what I'm hoping right now. Yeah, and there's, the nice thing about this premature celebration is that, like, the, the, Alternative is to just wallow in despair until you die. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't well. realize that we shouldn't do that. 
That's the mistake you've been making this whole time. (laughs) But (laughs) I guess here's my point is that if you don't have hope and I do have hope between now and when we die, we'll both die still being ground into paste for rich people to eat. (laughs) But uh, you will have been sad the whole time and I won't have been. So I might as well. Right? Yeah, I I guess so. (laughs) Yep. I don't know. Anyway, I hope you guys took something valuable away from this weird episode where we yeah, just talked about Yeah, this one was a little sadness. more serious. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know. Uh, happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're kicking off the New Year with being not very funny, but hopefully a little bit uh, optimistic about things. Except for sure. Jeff, who hates everything. Yeah. Well, this is why everything I bring from online, for the most part, is like, hey, I saw a movie about a galaxy far away where fascists get defeated. (laughs) Sometimes they don't, though. Like, if you had been saying this in, I'm going to guess, 1980? Is that the correct year for uh, Return of the... What is it? Uh, Empire Empire Strikes Strikes Back? Back. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. uh, My dad was... um, I guess, uh, an early teen or tween when that movie came out, and it was really interesting asking him, like, what was it like waiting those three years between that bummer cliffhanger ending and the next movie? <laughs> what yeah, did he say? That's true. <laughs> Everyone thought Darth Vader was lying. <laughs> what? That would be such a... That's the kind of thing that somebody might do now, but, like, I feel like if that had happened at the time, people would have rioted in the streets. Like, you fucking lied to us for that long? I'm seeing a lot of people uh, talk about one of the similar twists in the new movie and being like, well, maybe that guy's lying about it. Like, no, he basically repeated the same lines Darth Vader said that were, like, designed to confirm that it was truthful. Maybe Adam Driver's dick really was CGI and it's not that great. Yeah. Is there there's a nude scene with Adam Driver, right, where he's just gloriously full frontal? Uh, it's the other half of him is nude from the belly button up. Do you guys think it's... Adam Driver is hot? N- no, but for a reason that uh, I thought about this for a while. I don't think he is. When he was on Girls, I was like, and I didn't know anything about him, of course. His appeal was that he was yucky looking. Yeah, I was like, uh, why is she with this gross guy? <laughs> like he's kind of a creep to her, the character. And he's also played by an actor who's very unattractive. But (laughs) later you see, and I think you especially see in uh, The Force Awakens, I have not seen the new movie, but in The Force Awakens, you really see that some people have like a magnetism that overcomes their physical looks. So you're like, this person is compelling and like they charm you in a certain way. So I don't think he's physically attractive at all, but I do think he is attractive. I think he's physically attractive in that way where sometimes somebody's face is so unique that it's attractive. Yeah, I can see that. He, he was always... Well, one, he's an extremely talented actor, which is its own kind of attractive. I think that's like the... Aside from his handsomeness is like the appeal of uh, Michael Fassbender or somebody, just like someone who has very intense eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and... also, Adam Driver has a slamming bod. <laughs> he does, yeah, actually. He got, yeah, he, he got incredible. He was always really like skinny in Girls, and even in The Force Awakens, he looks like an old timey like circus strongman in this movie. It's crazy. Did you guys he got see so the... beefy? Did you guys see the picture in Vogue of him shirtless carrying a goat on his shoulders? <laughs> yes. The best. I love. That. That is, so that is almost an exact recreation of a scene from the new Star Wars movie. Oh, that's great. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? 
Uh, Star Wars. We were ending the show, I think. Yeah, but Adam Driver is hot. I think he's hot, so yeah. there. That's the twist of the new movie. You find out that the person who brought him to the dark side was Black Phillip. And yeah. his partner's <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say the twist was that you find out he's hot. <laughs> oh, shit, he was hot! You get a I montage. I, had, I can't believe that he was hot the whole time. He takes off his glasses and comes down the stairs, and you're like, oh, wait a minute! He's wearing See, a beautiful that's... prom dress. That's, takes his hair out of a ponytail. That's the kind of she's all that uh, remake that you could actually make it work, though. Like, if you had somebody like Adam Driver, who, when you look at him at first, that's you're true. like, oh, his face is busted. And then, like, after a while of watching him, you're like, actually, you know what? Actually, that's not bad. I thought they okay. did a good job of that trope for uh, the Princess Diaries, because Anne Hathaway, especially when she was younger, I think she's very beautiful, but she has certain like exaggerated features that if you exaggerate them more, you can be like, this person's not very attractive. I think that... Uh, the scene in Force Awakens when he first takes off his helmet uh, is definitely a she's all that moment. You're <laughs> like, oh, this monster man actually has, like, beautiful feathered hair. Well, especially because the last time we saw somebody take off one of those helmets he turned out to be a melted marshmallow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you guys see the picture of the face swap between Adam Driver and Keanu Reeves where you can't tell that anything happened? Oh, no. no. Weird. I... Keep, I don't think of him as the new Keanu Reeves, but I think in some ways he's probably going to follow a similar trajectory, huh? I mean, his body shape and everything else is very different, but his face is almost identical, and it's very <laughs> weird when you realize it. They should uh, do Looper 2 with those guys. That might be cool, actually. <laughs> Especially because now Keanu Reeves unexpectedly turned out to be the greatest action star of our generation. Oh, I'm so happy about that, because like he was always like an actual martial artist, but rarely used it in movies until The Matrix, and then, like, never after that until John Wick. (laughs) But that's what's so interesting about it, is because I think a lot of people were looking at, like, Vin Diesel, and, uh, who's that brick of meat British guy? Jason Statham? Statham? Yep, Jason Statham. How did you you forget his name? We talk about him all the time on this show. I'm just looking at pictures of dreamy Adam Driver, (laughs) and it's really hard. Anyway, um... The... That's a really pleasant phrase, Dreamy Adam Driver. That's yeah. good, good. Good job coming up with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I, uh, I think that everyone was thinking it was going to be one of those meatheady guys, and the fact that it's—I mean, not that uh, Keanu Reeves is an intellectual or anything, but <laughs> he's really... like a slim oldo instead yeah. of sort of a young beef bod. And he's like—he's the greatest action hero of our time. And he's so much better than the bricks of meat from the previous generations, like Bruce Willis and, uh... uh Arnold Schwarzenegger? Guy? Yeah, or, um, fucking... What was that... Oh my god, why can't I remember any names right now? <laughs> Who's that guy? Mm, Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> okay. Wow! I, I want to... I, but I anyway, want to see... I want to see Donnie Yen have a big American career Wait, after I was, his... Uh... I was saying a thing about Celeste <laughs> Oh yeah, Stallone, sorry, go on. Which is that I just recently rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because it's on Netflix, and Sylvester Stallone could not be phoning it in more in that movie, in a way where it seems like he's not even aware he's on a, in a movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Appar- but Apparently fair, he's so nice. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. To be fair, like, he wrote a... Uh... Oscar award-winning movie. Like, he, yes, he kind of slipped into that easy action hero meathead role, but, like, he's actually more than that, as opposed to most of those guys. 
I yeah, that's what's that's how Vin Diesel started out too. Is he like mm-hmm. wrote and directed a short film, and then they're like, mm, "But you look like a beefo, so that's what you're gonna do now." <laughs> we'll give I... you millions of dollars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is, though, I mean, I think you're right, but Sylvester Stallone being in a movie makes me sure that that movie will be less good than it would have been if he wasn't in it. I don't know. Uh, he, was, have... he was pretty good in uh, Creed. Yep. And have you seen Rocky? Because that movie is still great. <laughs> I haven't because I, it, I there's nothing about it that attracts me to it because I hate Sylvester Stallone so much. Well, not even uh, Philadelphia, now, which we've all talked about. Yeah, how I was, much we love I was things just going to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now that you're now that you live in South Jersey, you have to pretend that you're from Philadelphia and love all Philadelphia things. <laughs> but I don't think I did say that I love Philadelphia. I mean, I like Philadelphia fine, but that's not what oh, we were talking traitor. about. <laughs> Who we says just... you can't go home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about it. That's the only way we can grow. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us seeingreddit at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at seeingreddit. Um, and if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm on there at Kamikaze Pilot. I am on Twitter, J3FK. Uh, Patreon, I think you'll be interested if you like hearing me talk about the movies and video games I'm enjoying. Um, the two bonuses for this month are uh, me talking by myself for like an hour about The Last Jedi, uh, or I guess this is when you're hearing this last month's bonuses, but you can still get them and all the episodes for $1 a month. Uh, I do one talking about The Last Jedi for like an hour by myself, and then another one, same thing, but for The Shape of Water and I, Tanya. <laughs> uh, follow me on Instagram, JeffJK. Um, Etsy.com slash shop slash online if you want to order Perler Beat Sprites, even though the uh, the big holiday season is over. Uh, maybe Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. I'll make, I'll make you a Mario and a Peach to give to your uh, loved one. Or a Mario and a uh, Wario. Can you make <laughs> They're me getting a... married. <laughs> Can you make me an eggplant and a peach to give to my loved one, if you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Gross. I mean... Because <laughs> so, the emojis mean sex parts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all That's right. it. That's all my things. Okay. So you can find me on Twitter at Heronbird, or on Instagram at Louisa Heron, or on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Still trying to get that started. Not going too great. Can't find anybody. But uh, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, thanks to the folks talking about us on Twitter. Uh, our friend Chris, Chuck. Uh, not Chuck, Mary Chuckmas currently. <laughs> he tricked you. But, uh, thanks to Chris, thanks to Thomas Sobiak. Thank you, Chris. Thank you Thomas. Uh, thanks to Tanner McBride. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, and again, Louisa has won our weekly poll. Yay! Fantasy casting, who would play Yoda if he, were a pup, if he weren't a puppet? Uh, and Louisa's, get, Louisa's suggestion of Danny DeVito beat out Jeff's suggestion of Jackie Chan and my suggestion of Toby Jones. Uh, so good job I'm again. I'm gonna Louisa. chalk really this one up it. to racism. I have great opinions. That's all. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, you won because uh, the world is uh, racist against Asian people. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll put up another one of those polls. It seems like people like them, so we're gonna keep doing them until you tell us to stop. Um, I am going to acknowledge that it was probably racist of me to choose uh, an Asian uh, actor for a role who 
uh, character that speaks broken English and knows kung fu. Uh, I, I think you're thinking does... about this too much now, Jeff. Hold on, Jeff. In what it's way? It's better than not thinking about it enough, <laughs> Jeff. I have a serious question. In what yes. way does Yoda know kung fu? Uh, did you see the prequels? Yes, but that's not kung fu. Kung fu doesn't involve turning into a like a bouncy ball and bouncing off of walls. That's not a thing. That's a whole other thing. That's not okay. kung fu. Well, he does uh, teach. Um, he does teach Luke all of those important like balancing techniques and strength training and stuff. Is that kung yeah, but fu? Isn't that that's more not like kung fu either? Yoga or uh... yeah, I guess it would probably be more like yoga. Uh, I guess I'm the real racist. <laughs> yeah. You're you're creating a world in which anything that you do that improves your physical body is kung fu, and I just don't know that that's true. I guess it's because in the Karate Kid remake, um, Jackie Chan plays Mr. Miyagi, and all of the things that Mr. Miyagi does to train Daniel are the same things that Yoda does to train Luke. <laughs> and also, you had heard that everybody was kung fu fighting, so that's just your default. <laughs> yep. They were fast as lightning, Louisa. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we we wish everyone listening a very joyous new year, and we will come back next week. But in the t- meantime, this year, it's so, so important that you remember to keep your pockets on Shrek. Don't read the comments. Hey, happy new year. ASMR. Matt, please do not put Kung Fu fighting at the end of this episode. <laughs> Guys, I have a very important and mind-blowing question to ask you. Uh-huh. And really, really, really think about it before you answer. Okay. Does Santa deliver gifts to people in heaven? Yes. What? Okay. No, no, Louisa, you didn't think about it. <laughs> I did think yes, about right? it. I was already thinking about it because okay. then I remember that's but... why he lives on the moon. So he can get to both heaven and earth. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> he okay. He but... live on the moon. <laughs> okay. But Louisa, <laughs> let's say that that's true. You know how everyone's always making the joke about how Santa couldn't visit all the people on earth in one night? Can you imagine how fucking many people he'd have to visit if he also has to visit all the dead people? No, it's fine, because he can astrally project into heaven. He can't do that on earth. He still has to do that one physically. But he Mm -hmm. astrally projects himself to everyone in heaven. At the same time, can yes. he astrally, infinitely yes. astrally project himself? Uh, of why do they it's need? Heaven. Why do they need presents if they're in heaven? Okay, but counterpoint to that is like I still like getting presents even if I don't need them, and if I yeah. like it, it's got to happen in heaven. That's the rules of heaven. Yeah, and if I like killing people, I have to be allowed to kill people in heaven, or I won't be happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can just create the. You can generate the presents with divine energy. The presence of Santa. 
No, the the other plural. (laughs) Yes, I see, I see. Um, Like, you don't need Santa to bring them to you. But I want Santa to bring them to me, Mm -hmm. and that's what heaven's all about. Yep. Well, then then heaven has to be, like, a weird virtual reality illusion where it's not the real Santa who brings them to you, and you don't know the difference. Yeah, he's astrally projecting, and you're aware of that, but you're still charmed by his presence. (laughs) Nope, it's just totally an illusory Santa who brings them to you. No, I want to hug Santa in heaven. If if you can't hug Santa in heaven, I'm going to become a murderer right now because what's the point <laughs> yeah exactly you can you can hug santa in heaven and to you it will be the real santa but the actual santa will not be there no i don't want that i want it to be the real santa and you if won't I know want the it, difference because god's a trickster jeff if i want it it has to happen that's the rules of heaven Mm-mm. it's yeah. it, it's uh, all god has to do is trick you into thinking it's happened i want to be unable to be tricked by god when i'm in heaven <laughs> the greatest trick god ever pulled was convincing you that there was a santa in heaven i guess yeah that's a really good trick <laughs> yep I mean, uh, do you think santa's great... beard smells like peppermints that's the real question yes Obviously. If you tug on it, I know that it's real. <laughs> Santa's, Santa's beard smells like peppermints, and his hat smells like gingerbread, so... That is what's pretty his, good. What's his dick smell like? No, no. <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about any and yet you Santa brought Claus it up. is sm- smooth down there like a Ken doll. Yeah. He has printed on underwear that I'm can't trying, be removed. I'm trying to imagine, like we always talk about political cartoons on this show, I'm trying to imagine a scenario where... A political cartoon is a kid looking up at Santa and saying, can I smell yo dick? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is not okay. I think we could make this work. No. <laughs> what if the kid is wearing a, a, uh, a sash that says consumer culture? <laughs> I don't and a like ha- that. And a hat, a hat that says oil baron. <laughs> a hat that says I'm a kid who died and I'm in heaven, so you have to grant all my wishes. <laughs> yep. Oh man, what is what is Santa's uh, political cartoon going to look like when he dies? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> he's walking up to the pearly gates, and uh, Saint Peter stops him to reference something from his life. But then Santa has, while Saint Peter's looking down, Santa has snuck in the chimney of heaven. <laughs> And St. Peter yeah, saying, well, I wrote my list and I'm checking it twice, but you're not on here. You do have to go to hell. <laughs> that's oh, man. No, that's great. St. Peter opens up his book like Santa, I'm not sure. And then Santa opens up his list and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not sure about you, St. Peter. <laughs> sure, it'd be a shame if I had to cross you on this list. Amp versus amp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, it would guys. probably just be St. Peter being like, I've uh, made my list and checked it twice, and you are nice. Go into heaven. <laughs> guys, everything we've said in the last five minutes is so much funnier than what was in the show, though. <laughs> you can put it in there. I I I'm still recording. <laughs> I was gonna, Yeah, I am too, but I was going to put that stuff that we said about Ringling Brothers to make the beginning of the episode make any sense at all, and no, now I guess fine. I can't. No, it's fine.